I'm just thrilled to be here again. It's always good to be with you. And uh, it's, uh, we were talking about it between or, or before. September will be five years since I was first came out here. And uh, I think you've expanded at least once, if not twice since then, <laughs> back there in the back. Um, and everyone in Kingsport sends their greetings, particularly Cody and Luke and Gabe and his family, of course. Uh, Gabe was at the conference with Kevin this weekend. So there were uh, Frank and Gabe and Kevin were all at Fred Evans. And I'm out here. Luke went to Frank's and Tony Moody. I don't know if y'all have met him. He's helping Gabe out this evening. So we're uh, thankful the Lord's given uh, that congregation the ability to help, to send men out and come. And uh, so thankful to Kevin for entrusting me with y'all's message this morning. It's a a great honor. Open with me to Isaiah chapter 32, please. Isaiah 32. Of course, Kevin and I spoke a couple of times about me coming out. And, uh, you know, during our talks, life would come up, you know, what's going on, you know, what are you dealing with, that kind of stuff. And during one of those conversations, it it just struck me at how vast the differences are of things we have to deal with between the East Coast and the West Coast, particularly with weather. Uh, He mentioned that he was having trouble with his tomato plants. And if he didn't water them at least twice a day, they died. He had to be, he's like, it's almost to the hour. I have to go out and make sure my tomato plants are watered. That same week, I was having trouble with my tomato plants as well. We had gotten so much rain. I think I lost them all. Root rot. Too wet, too dry, altogether unfruitful. Kind of sums up mankind's condition before God. We're too dry, made hard. Hard in self-righteousness. Lifted up in pride. Like Paul said in Philippians, blameless before the law. If I'm blameless before the law, I can judge you as being not blameless. So whatever my definition of blameless is, obviously you're not going to meet that. I'm hard. Or we're too wet, having no fear of the Lord, accepting of everything. I remember a dear lady I grew up near, 
she would uh, she knew nothing of the gospel. But her, she had a saying, we're all going to heaven. We're just taking different paths to get there. Too wet. Accept everything. Everything's okay. In either case, too dry or too wet, there's no fruit. Without care, without provision, the tomato plant perishes. So it is with all of us born of Adam. If we do not find mercy and grace before Almighty God, we will perish in our sin and unbelief. Isaiah 32, verse 1. Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness, and princes shall rule in judgment. In our text, verse 2. And a man shall be as an hiding place from the wind, and a covert from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. As I am called to go and fill in at a pulpit, sometimes I know things that are going on at the church, sometimes I don't. But as I search for a message, I'm searching for a message for the people there. And I didn't know if you had particular needs. So I thought, what do I need? And the thought occurred to me, I need a refuge. And our message this morning is Christ, our refuge. Verse 2, And a man. What a glorious declaration and announcement. Who is this man that is a hiding place, a covering, who meets all our needs and gives us rest? Who is this man that in summary is our refuge? This man is the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Son, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. The Lord Jesus Christ, a man, is the ever-living, almighty God robed in flesh. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. God, the Almighty, the ever-living, the Almighty God, the self-sufficient God, left the glory and praise of heaven. The God who Solomon declared the heaven and heaven of heavens 
cannot contain thee, humbled himself and robed himself in the flesh of a man. Why? The answer is from our text. A man shall be as an hiding place from the wind and a covert from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the man, the only man, who fulfills this scripture. In this life, there are men and women who have a need of a hiding place from the wind. This word translated wind here is most often translated as the word spirit. One of the definitions of spirit being the God, God the Spirit. Why would a man or woman today need a hiding place from the Spirit of God? I mean, everywhere we look, everywhere we hear, this is the God of love accepts everyone and everything. Why do you need a hiding place from Him? Well, indeed, we worship the God of love. He's called that in the Scriptures. But that's one of His attributes. God is holy. He's altogether different than we are. He's holy. He's righteous. He's just. He's right. And if we're to worship Him, we're going to worship Him as He declares Himself to be. And not pick and choose. That's no God. We worship the one true and living God. Who is titled the God of love? Why do I need a hiding place for Him? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All gets this one. All, not some. In Noah's day, imagination of every man's heart Evil continually. Does it say except for Noah? No, Noah was included in that all. I'm included in that all. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Anyone to whom God is pleased to reveal who He is, who He is as He declares Himself to be, will also have revealed, I am the sinner, as if there were no other. There is no other sinner. I'm one. I don't do just bad things. I am sinful, full of sin, to my very core. And will also have revealed that God is just and He must punish sinners. 
Knowing that, do you need a hiding place from the searching Spirit of God? The God who knows the heart of men and women? The God who looks upon the heart, not on the outward countenance. He looks upon the heart and He has declared every imagination of the thoughts of His heart was only evil continually. I have good news for those needing a hiding place. A man shall be as a hiding place from the wind. Why did God come in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ? He came to be a covert from the tempest. He came to be a shelter. He came to be a covering from the tempest. A flood of rain. When was that flood? when the judgment of God came upon this world. Flood of rain. Do you as I do need a covering from the judgment of God that stands against us? We read, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things written within the book of the law to do them. My conscience bears witness against me. I'm guilty. I can't do the least of the things written in this book. Much less keep them all. In and of myself, when the book of the law is open, when the justice, righteousness, and holiness of God stands looking at the works that this worm has performed, the judgment must be guilty. Where shall I turn? When I've broken the law, when I've been pursued, when the king against whom I have sinned has me in his court. When the sentence, or when the verdict come in, guilty on all accounts. When the sentence is death. When destruction is pitted against me. Oh, that I might find a covert, a hiding place, a shelter from the tempest. And a man shall be as a covert from the tempest. Why did Christ Jesus come into the world? He came because there are some who are in a dry and weary land. There are some that God has revealed to, and oh, thank God, is still revealing to this day our natural condition. He has made us to know that in and of ourselves we have no life and no means to obtain life. That we are under the curse of the law without a place to find rest. Search and work as we might. Do as many what we consider good deeds as we can. We cannot get away from the crushing weight of the law. The crushing load of our sin against God. We can find no place of rest. No water to quench our thirst. But oh, thank God. Amen. 
shall be as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Why did our Lord come into the world? Turn with me. Hold your place here if you want and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Our Lord came. He is our hiding place from the wind, our covert from the tempest, our rivers of water in a dry place, and our shadow of a great rock in a weary land. He came to fulfill that Scripture. Why did our Lord come into the world? First and foremost, for the glory of God. Ephesians 1, verse 4. According as He, our God, hath chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein, He hath made us accepted in the beloved. Why did God predestinate us unto the adoption of children? To the praise of the glory of His grace. Verse 7, In whom, in our Lord Jesus Christ, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will, that we should be to the praise of His glory, who first trusted in Christ. Why do we have redemption through His blood, to the praise of the glory of His grace. He gets all the glory. Having established that our Lord came into the world to accomplish the glory of God, why else might He come? For the great need that we have. We guilty Undeserving sinners cannot obtain peace with God of our own accord. But there's a problem. Just because there's a need doesn't necessitate action. 
Think of the needs that we encounter in this world. Our, well, we know strangers that have needs. That doesn't prompt us to go out and meet their needs. We have friends and neighbors that have needs. Some might prompt us to go out and do, but for the most part, we're like, yeah, you've got needs and I've got needs and we got to take care of our stuff. Our needs don't necessarily prompt action on our part. We were talking about children between the service. And um, go to a restaurant with your child. And there's a stranger there with their child. During the course of the meal, your child and the stranger's child do the exact same action at the exact same time. This is an action, this is a an event you've declared unacceptable in your household. You, Under your law, you shall not do what you just did. And because your child did it, you discipline your child and say absolutely nothing to that stranger's child. Why? You love your child. You want the best for your child. You're teaching your child. Stranger's child, you have no love for that child. Do what you will. As our love prompts us to act for our children, so did God's love prompt Him into action for those that He chose in eternity past. Therefore, God the Father chose those He loves in Christ. And He gave us to His Son in Christ. And He adopted us as children in Christ. We were given to God the Son in all our sin, in all our shame, and He redeemed us by making peace by the redemption of His blood. Why did the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Son, leave glory and come as a man? To glorify the Father and to fulfill the need of all those He loves. Now how did Christ become what we elect sinners need? How did He become a hiding place from the wind, from the Spirit of God? A covert from the tempest? Rivers of water in a dry place? And a, the shadow of a great rock in a weary land? Because no man born of Adam is able or willing to keep the law. But Christ our Lord, the seed of woman, the Son of God, He did not inherit the nature of the seed of Adam. But He is holy, harmless, undefiled, 
And as a man, he fulfilled all things written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms. Having fulfilled the law, not for his own righteousness, but for those he loves, our Lord took our sin, our iniquity, our shame before God, and he bore it in his own body on the tree. He shed his blood. He laid down his life. He paid our debt as his own. He entered the tomb. And when he came forth, he declared, paid in full. And he ever liveth, making intercession for those he loves. Back in Isaiah 32. A man shall be as an hiding place from the wind. Is Christ Jesus your hiding place from the Spirit of God's scrutiny? When the accusation comes, you, O.B. Williams, have broken God's law. You are guilty. Do I have any hiding place? Do I have any hope? This is my hope. This is my confession. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And I am complete in Him. For I am dead and my life is hid with Christ in God. It's the only place to hide from the Spirit of God is in Christ. A man shall be a covert from the tempest as it was in the days of Noah when the flood came. Men and women had been warned. Men and women are being warned today. Judgment is coming. God is on His throne and He is the sovereign, holy, righteous God. And He is coming. Only those in the ark though, only those that were put in Christ were spared the judgment. The penalty of each person's sins must be paid. Our Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross He paid the debt due. And for those chosen sinners who were crucified with Him, He bore the penalty of our sins. The tempest of God fell upon Noah and his family in that ark. Those floods raged upon that ark. But Noah and his family were secure. No harm came to them. In Christ, upon that tree, where He suffered in agony, where He shed His blood, where the wrath of God was poured out against my sin, He bore that judgment. He bore 
the wrath of God in my place so that I was safe in Him. He is our covert from the tempest, from the judgment of God. A man shall be rivers of water in a dry place. Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Has God given you that appetite for Him, for Christ? Go to our Lord Jesus Christ, for He is the water of life. As He cried out in John 7, If any man thirst, let him come unto Me and drink. He that believeth on Me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. In him, just as Noah inside that ark had everything that he needed to sustain life for as long as they were in that ark, in our Lord Jesus Christ, we have everything we need to sustain life. For he is our life. Amen shall be the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. From east to west, from north to south, from dry to wet, in this life we find constant need. We're never able to find a place of rest as long as we're in this sinful flesh. The longer we continue... I have found it to be so, and I suspect many of you have. The longer we continue in this flesh, the more we can enter into Paul's cry, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Do you desire a rest, a place to lay aside your burdens? Our Lord declared, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come. Come to Christ today. Come to Christ as you are. Come now and sue Him for mercy and find rest for your weary soul. Thanks be to God. When we were unable, unwilling, He, in loving kindness, saw our need, and He sent forth a man, the man, Christ Jesus our Lord, our hiding place, our covert, our life, and our rest. Oh, may this be our prayer. I think Mr. Bob mentioned it earlier. Lord, keep me coming to You. Amen.